about cultivating healthy soil in our hearts and our lives through prayer. So Lord, we, we pray that as we talk about prayer, as we look at your word, God, you would speak to us as only you can. Whatever you want to say to us, Lord, we don't want to miss it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So it was interesting to me that as I pondered uh, these words in the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread. Give us this day our bread for today. As I thought about those words, here we were in a, in a, in a country that's uh, in a region, uh, Kurdistan, that, that has welcomed uh, two million refugees and internally displaced people. And uh, one of our team took, a, took this picture and it's, uh, we were on one side of the fence and these refugee children are on this other side of the fence and I don't know how clearly you can see it, but these are beautiful children and yet there's something about this picture that kind of embodies what it means to be a refugee. Here is someone who's dependent on others for their daily needs. Dependent on, dependent on the World Health Organization for medical needs, dependent on the World Food Program for that monthly bag of rice and, and, and bread and, 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 and necessities, dependent on the Barzani Charity Foundation to manage all of these different resources, dependent on the international community to, to hear and to care and to pray and to, and to, and to give and to, to provide tangible help and and there's something about this that even though we're, we're there together, we were on this side of the gate and they're on the other side of the gate and there's something about being a refugee that's I'm here but I really don't fit. I really don't belong. Um, there's something here about what it means to rely on others, to have to be humbled to the point of, humiliated to the point of, I don't even have daily bread unless it comes from the hand of others. And so somebody might say, well, if it's so hard, why don't these people just move away? If ISIS came through and destroyed our, our entire way of life, uh, raped our women, killed our men, tortured our children, burned our, our identification cards, and then uh, after they were finally defeated, but everything still destroyed, and then they get replaced by a group even worse than them, it would be difficult to go home. What would we go home to? What would we do? Uh, it's not as simple as all of that. Um, and so these are people that feel stuck. We don't fit here. We can't go back there. What do we do in the meantime? We're reliant on others. It just reminds me of Israel wandering through the wilderness all those 40 years, just depending on the hand of God, depending on manna from the sky. Reminds me of Jesus who voluntarily stepped out of his homeland into our homeland. And, and remember baby Jesus, he was presented these gifts by the wise men. Uh, Cody uh, was sharing about the three wise men with some of our, our hosts. We were in a meeting with some important people and, and he was sharing about some people think these three uh, wise men uh, were Kurdish people and, and they thought he said three wild men. And so we had this interesting conversation and we're like, no, we're the three wild men. We're talking about wise men, you know. But um, uh, the, these wise men, these magi, brought these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Jesus. And, and those gifts allowed when God said go, when God said move, when God said to Jesus, uh, hey, uh, Herod wants to kill you, his family was able to get up and pack up and flee and, 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 and run. And they went and they took refuge in Egypt. Jesus was a refugee in another country. He was on the run from a government that wanted to kill him. And something about us in the West, it really makes us, a lot of us mad when we hear that Jesus was a brown-skinned refugee. I don't know why that is. What, what's, what, what's up with that? But it angers some. We don't like to talk about that. And yet that's a reality. 
And he chose that. He voluntarily chose to be a wanderer in our world, in a world where he knew he would be killed. He chose to come to a place and into a situation where uh, he would be, the government would try to kill him and he would spend part of his growing up years as a refugee. He chose that. None of the people in this picture said, you know what, I think it'd be really awesome if I could be a refugee. I, I would really like for that. These, these people didn't choose that. You wouldn't choose that. One day we may have that opportunity to, to see what it's like to, to, to live or die based on the kindness and compassion of others. But for today, that's not our reality. That's their reality. And Jesus chose in saving you and me to voluntarily become a refugee. And so while we sat in a tent and people are pouring out their stories, I was a shepherd, I had a store, we lost everything, we traded our car for a, a sack of flour, I could not relate. And yet, what small comfort I was able to, um, um, to grab was that somehow Jesus does understand this. Somehow Jesus has lived this. We cultivate healthy soil as we trust God for our daily bread and as we trust God with our daily bread. So some of us was like, I don't know where my bread's going to come from. And some of us, we've got it. We're just not trusting God with it. We cultivate healthy soil in our lives as we trust God for our daily bread and as we trust God with our daily bread. And we're going to see that Jesus teaches us to pray, give us today our daily bread. Uh, and that's the way that we trust God for our daily bread. And, and, and we cultivate healthy soil as we do that. We cultivate healthy soil as we trust God by sharing our bread with other people. So remember Jesus uh, taught us the, the, the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 6. He says, uh, we start out, our, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he gets to this very personal request, give us today the bread we need today. And the first thing I think we can see here is that God cares about your, day, your daily needs. Sometimes we think that, you know, uh, uh, maybe it's, we need to be more spiritual than that. We, we shouldn't care about our daily needs. But you know what? It's hard to hear the message of Jesus with our ears if, if, if our stomachs are empty. This is the reason that Jesus fed hungry people. This is the reason that Jesus fed the 5,000. Because it's hard to hear the gospel message with our ears if we can't hear over the roar of our empty stomachs. It's, it, there's the reason that Jesus uh, met people's tangible needs and feeding people and healing people was because meeting those tangible needs is often an opportunity to meet the, the greatest need, the spiritual need, the, the need for Jesus Christ in a relationship with him. And T. Wright says the danger with prayer for bread, our daily bread, is that we just get there too soon. We tend to get there too quickly. If you're like me, we've got like a laundry list of things we want, and prayer for us just kind of consists of, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, and we forget that he's our Father. We forget that he's got a kingdom agenda. And when we begin with this, God, you're my Father, we begin with this sense of what are you up to, what are you wanting to do, that frames how we ask for bread and what kind of bread we ask for. And something Daniel Henderson uh, uh, says that I really, this has helped me, is if you'll add a so that to what you ask God for. Whether you're, maybe you got all the Mrs. Baird's bread you need in your pantry. Maybe your pantry's full, but maybe your daily bread need is a physical issue, a health issue. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a strain somewhere. Maybe it's a financial need. Whatever that material, everyday thing is, God cares about that. He, he cares about your daily needs. 
But sometimes we get just kind of too caught up in those daily needs. And so what's helped me is when I'm praying for a daily need, I'll say, Lord, help meet this need so that, and then fill in the blank. How is God meeting this need for you going to help his kingdom come and his will be done? Lord, help me uh, pay this, find the money for this electric bill uh, so that I can uh, keep electricity on, so that uh, I can continue to provide shelter for my family, so that we can offer hospitality to other people. Father, uh, uh, Father, uh, heal my marriage so that we can be an example of the glory and the goodness of the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. Um, and so, so God cares about our daily needs. Whew, that, that's a huge relief. He does. He cares. Um, we see that in the life of Jesus, meeting people where they're at. He cares about those, and, and, and it helps us to frame those daily needs in terms of what are you going to do with it if you get it? So say God does give you that daily bread. What's the so what? So, Lord, give me this, this, this daily bread. Help meet this need so that I can honor and glorify you with it in these specific ways. God cares about your daily needs. Here's the other part. God cares about your neighbor's daily needs. Who in here is really excited that God cares about your needs and a little less excited that God cares about your neighbor's needs? You're like, wait a minute, our neighbor? I don't know. What if God gives my neighbor bread and then there's not enough bread left over for me? Better just give me that bread first, God. So we tend to be, the problem is that, and N.T. Wright says this, we get to the prayer for our own bread too quickly. We get to the prayer for our neighbor's bread too late. Right? And the thing is that God cares about your daily needs and God cares about your neighbor's daily needs and the way God often wants to meet your neighbor's daily needs is through you. And so we immediately become the people that, uh, that Jesus ministered to and we ask, well, who is my neighbor? Because if we're talking about people that look like me, vote like me, think like me, smell like me, I'm on it. But so often God's gonna send you to people either across the street or across the state, or around the world, who are different than you. And it's not an either-or thing. God loves you to, God calls you to love people here or there. God calls you to love people here and there and everywhere in between. There's that word, us. Give us this day our daily bread. And again, Jesus is reminding us that if you're a Christian, you belong to a family. If you're a Christian, you belong to a community. And what affects one member of the family and the community, affects others in that family and the community. And so I think about uh, that question that that woman asked us when we, we went into her tent and she said, are you tourists or are you here to help? And can I say that whether we go to Iraq or not, a lot of us Christians are living like we're tourists. We're living like we're just here to collect a bunch of pip- pictures, post stuff on Facebook and say, look, I, I, I existed in my life. But you're not here as a tourist. You're not on this planet as a tourist. You're here to help. And God wants to meet your daily needs. He does, and he will. Problem with us is we, we want God to meet the needs we have six months from now and, and six years from now. And what God tells us to pray is, God, sustain me today. God wants to meet, he promises to meet your needs today, and he wants to use you and me to help meet the needs today of our neighbors and those around us. He cares about their needs too. And maybe you say, man, I, I just got like, I, I, I don't even have enough for me. I, I, I'm characterized by poverty and God calls us to trust him in our poverty. 
and he calls us to trust him in our prosperity. There's times that we, we trust him when we don't have nothing, and there's times we gotta trust him when we, got it, when we got it all. And in our poverty, he calls us to trust him to give us what we need for that day. In our prosperity, we gotta trust him by sharing what the extra that he's given us. And, and so we're called to trust God for our daily bread. We're called to trust God with our daily bread. What are you gonna do with it? What's the so what? I think about Israel again, and, and, and they're wandering in, 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 the, in the wilderness, and God, uh, we're told in, in Exodus 16, the people immediately start grumbling. Any, anybody think that you would be a grumbler? And the answer is yes. Uh, if, if, you know, God delivers you from Egypt, and, and you're like, whoo, we got all our, uh, it's going to be great. You get out in the wilderness, and like, day three comes around, and you're like chewing on leaves, and you're getting hungry, and you ran out of food, and you're like, man, life was better back there. It's gotten hard. I thought following God meant everything was going to be perfect and easy all the time, right? This is even harder than it was then. And, 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 and we start romanticizing Egypt and all that. And, that, and they start grumbling. And, and God hears their grumbling. He hears their griping. He hears their gossip. He hears all of it. And he says, okay, I'm going to provide you. I'm going to give you a bunch of quail to eat. I'm going to give you a bunch of birds to eat. And I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. And, and this flaky bread that came uh, raining down, uh, uh, was called manna because it's like what it means like what is this stuff and there was something about this manna and that God told them clearly it was like gather what you need today and then tomorrow gather what you need for that day if you try to stockpile this stuff if you try to hoard up this stuff it's going to go bad it's going to spoil and everybody listened right no, of course not. They were like, okay, let me get all I need for like a month. And then they stockpile it, they hoard it, and it begins to rot, and it begins to stink. And Moses is like, why don't you people listen to anything? you got to get it a day at a time, a day at a time. And so this was an attempt to teach the, the Israelites, trust God for today. Trust God for what you need today. And uh, what if you found out that your child was like taking some of his, his sandwich every day at lunch and was like hoarding it back. And you found this little corner in his closet where there was like all this moldy bread and rotten lunch meat. And you're like, what are you doing? He's like, man, I just thought there might come a day when you didn't give me sandwiches anymore. And so I just needed to put, would you say like, man, I got to put this guy on a Dave Ramsey course. He is, he really knows his financial stuff. Look at him saving Wow, no, you would be heartbroken that your child thought that there might come a point that you didn't provide for them. If you sit a sandwich uh, with, your, with your daughter to give to that child at school that doesn't have any food, and you go out there and you look and you find that she doesn't give it to the child in need, she shoves it in her pocket for later, you wouldn't say, wow, what a fine investment strategy she has. You would be heartbroken that your child isn't taking their abundance and giving it to someone else. And that's exactly what we do with our stuff. We say, well, I'm going to give to others. I'm going to help meet other people's needs as soon as I have enough. Anybody in here in this room feel like you got enough yet? You talk to a billionaire and they don't feel like they've got enough. Yeah, that's what God calls us to take what we have today and share it with those that don't have it. Share it with those that lack. Stockpiling that extra lunch wouldn't make you think your child was a great investor. That would make you think your child didn't trust you. God calls us to take the abundance that we have and either share it are we sharing it, or are we stockpiling it? J.D. Greer asked this question like, if you had lived in those days of, of manna falling from the sky, would you have been a sharer 
Because if you gathered too much and it, and it wouldn't last, there was something you could do with it. You could have given it to somebody else, right? If you lived then, would you have been a sharer or would you have been a stockpiler? And there's a way to know that, and that's are you a sharer or are you a stockpiler today? Today, with what God entrusts you, are you hoarding it? Are you giving it? So daily bread, God cares about your needs, he cares about your neighbor's needs, and finally, God, or, or thirdly, God has provided for our ultimate need in Jesus. Remember that Jesus, uh, John chapter six tells this great story, one of several times where we see that Jesus gathers all these people, they get hungry, their, stomach get start, their stomachs start growling, they get hangry, anybody get hangry? Some of you are like, I'm hangry right now, okay, we'll get out of here soon. And, and Jesus like, feeds all these people all this bread, and then Jesus says in John six fifty one, he says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. And what he's saying is that tangible need that he meets, um, it, it points the way to that deep and, and spiritual and eternal need that they had and that we have. And to know Jesus as the bread of life is more than just saying, well, I'm a Christian, not a Muslim, or I'm a Christian, not an atheist. No, to know Jesus as the bread of life means that that you depend on and are intimate with him day after day after day after day. Who in here forgets to eat? Okay, a couple people forget to eat every now and then. Um, I usually don't. I'm, I'm usually not like, you know what, I'm going to set a reminder for noon tomorrow to eat lunch. I'm so busy. I'm just in such a busy season. Like, I better, I better put noon, lunch, six, dinner. Anybody ever forget to poop? Sonda, like, well, I'm, I'm in trouble right now. They're like, you know, I've just been so busy. I hadn't pooped for like four days. No, you would go to the doctor. You don't forget that. You do it. You find a way, Right? And, sorry, we, our team has been really, really close the past few days. It's just spilling over for you guys. Um, and yet, when it comes to the bread of life, we're like, you know, I just, I don't know, time with Jesus, I, I just forgot, you know? Another day came and went. We forgot, like, I don't forget that with KFC. I don't forget that with the P-O-T-T-Y, Okay. And yet so often, like, when it comes to the bread of life, I'm busy. It slipped my mind. When he says he's the bread of life, he's saying that he's a necessity. He's our deepest need. He's our neighbor's deepest need. And we cultivate healthy soil by trusting God to give us our daily bread. We cultivate healthy soil when we're reminded that Jesus is our greatest need today. Jesus is your neighbor's greatest need today. And I hope your marriage works out. I hope you get healed. I hope you pay your electric bill. I hope, hope all those daily bread things that we, I hope that job comes through. All those things we pray for, yes, those things matter, but ultimately they point us to our greatest need and that's our need for Jesus Christ. And you and I easily forget that Jesus is the bread we need more than any other bread. That Jesus is, is the only person that sustains our lives. We're called to trust God for our daily bread. We're called to trust God with our daily bread. And we're called to remember that all of those daily bread needs point to the greatest need we have, and that's Jesus. And then, and then there's that word today. He says, give us today our daily bread. You know, we live in one of the most anxious times. People are more anxious and worried than probably any time in human history. Our, care, our society is the most affluent society. <clears throat> and yet we're very anxious. And part of that is we have the ability to think so far in advance 
that, it, that, that blessing of heaven, for most of us, we have the bread we need today, and that allows us to think about the bread we might need six months from now, and the bread we might need six years from now, and the bread we might need 20 years from now. And the thing is, when Jesus tells us, pray, give us today what we need today, is he's reminding us that today is really all we have. Yesterday's gone with the wind, right? Yesterday's gone. That's Tuesday's gone with the wind. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow isn't promised, but we have today. And today is the today that you have. And so he calls us to trust him today. And have you ever felt like, you know, like, I can't deal with this depression the rest of my life? Or I can't deal with this sickness the rest of my life. I can't deal with this, I can't fight this addiction the rest of my life. I can't be in this situation. Have you ever thought that? Like I can't do fill in the blank forever. And, and then we start thinking about how long the rest of my life may be and we start to get just full of anxiety and we just get crippled. And we're like, Jesus, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And what he's promising in these words is he will sustain you today. He's calling you to trust him today tomorrow we don't know about tomorrow but he's calling you to trust him today i don't know if i can live a pure life six months from now man if you're if you're thinking about your purity six months from now praise god for you but like trust him with the next six minutes okay god i want to trust you today i need you to sustain me that's what this is it's about god will sustain you but he sustains you today he sustains you one today at a time you can trust him today and god doesn't ask you to bear your sorrow your pain your loss your confusion your sickness your poverty forever he's calling you to bear it with him today daily bread today is god's assurance that he's going to help you persevere today whether you're in a refugee camp or whether you've got ailing parents or whether you've got failing grades whatever it looks like for you he promises that he is enough for you today as we pray for our daily bread our shift focuses from tomorrow to today and today's the day we have to trust Jesus. And finally, as we pray for our daily bread, we think about restoration. Every meal you eat, every time we take communion, it's a foreshadowing of this great feast that's coming. Jesus says, in, in, or John writes in Revelation 19, that there's going to be a day when everybody that knows Jesus gathers around this big table and we throw a party. Did you ever notice that we, we have a hard time partying? We have a hard time partying. We, we've we got to drizzle some kind of sauce on it to make a party. Got to, you know what sauce I'm talking about. Grandpa's cough syrup. And we, we got to put the sauce on it because we don't know how to party, it seems like, because we have such a lack of joy. We feel like we got to, we got to have these additives to make a party. And Jesus says every time a sinner repents, there's a party in heaven. Jesus is constantly ridiculed because he's going around and he's just making life a party and he's inviting people to a party. And John, Revelation 19 describes this party that's going to happen. And there's going to be, at that party, there's going to be people who don't vote for your party, by the way. And they're all going to be at this party because Jesus is the life of the party. And every time you eat a meal, every time you break bread, every time we have communion, it's a foretaste of that feast that's coming, and when we trust God for our bread today, we're trusting him because one day there's gonna be that feast day, that party, we all gather around him. So, so as the band comes up, I just wanna kinda of wrap up this message and, and say that as you pray this way, as you pray this way, as daily, you pray for the daily bread you need that day, 
Again, whether that bread is literal bread or whether it's a health issue or it's a relationship issue, it's a financial issue. As you pray this way, you're reminded that God cares about your needs. God cares about your needs, your daily, everyday, non-spiritual sounding needs. As you pray this way, you're reminded that God cares about your neighbor's need. And he probably wants to use you to meet your neighbor's need, whether that neighbor's across the street or around the world. The more you start praying like this, the more you start having a burden for your neighbor's need, the more you're going to feel that maybe there's a place for you to step in and help meet that need. As you pray this way, you're reminded that you belong to a family, you belong to a community, you belong to something bigger than you. As you pray this way, you're reminded that God has met your greatest need already in Jesus Christ. And if he could do that, he could do anything. Your greatest need today is to know him and love him. Your neighbor's greatest need today is to know him and love him. As you pray this way, be reminded that God will sustain you one day at a time until of that day of that great banquet to come. And so we cultivate healthy soil in the meantime by trusting God with our daily bread and for our daily bread. And finally, I want to say, in light of this, life is too short to be afraid. Okay? How many times, how much has fear robbed you from in your life? Things like, well, I would try this, but I'd probably, I'd probably stink at it. Or I would tell, Je- I'd tell this person about Jesus, but what do I know? I might look stupid. I guess that's the benefit of like, looking stupid already is that like, I've been looking stupid so long, like, I don't even, it doesn't even faze me anymore. All right? uh, like we have this crippling fear of risk. And so we spend, we spend 20 years in a job that we hate, or we spend a lifetime uh, too scared to step out of our comfort zone, too scared to tell somebody the message. And God is good, but he ain't safe. And your safety is not his primary priority. That's an idol that we created. Why do we go ride on a, on a roller coaster every now and then? Why do people pay all this money every year to go be scared? Because we have a need every now and then to be scared. You have a need to be afraid every now and then. Don't spend your life insulating yourself from fear. Take a risk. I'm not saying be, be, be a fool, but don't be afraid. When was the last time you, you, you took a step of faith so big that it scared you? You might lose your bread. You might lose your head. You might get hurt, but you're going to die anyway. There's going to come a point where you're dead. Are you going to live your life as a tourist? Or are you going to live your life as a helper? Are you going to live your life like collecting pictures on Facebook and at the end of it we say, Hey, Caleb survived. He made it. Are you going to live your life in such a way that it scares you every now and then? Make your life count. The only way you're going to make your life count is by trusting Jesus with today. And today's what you got. I don't know about tomorrow. What does it look like to trust Jesus with today? Let's.